you can take a seat. That would be great. Thank you, guys. Um, Pippa is coming up to do a reading for us. The reading is taken from 1 Peter 1, verses 3 to 9. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his mercy that we have been born again, because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation, and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you have to endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. Great, thanks, Pippa. Um, James, can you speak? I'll just uh, quickly pray for him as he comes up. So, Father, we just thank you for James. We just thank you for who he is. Um, We just uh, speak blessing on him this day, Father. Amen. Thank you, James. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. (laughs) It's great to be with you. Hello at home. Uh, It's really good to be uh, with you this morning. And um, today... Uh, I'm closing our series on prophecy, which if you've never been with us before as a church, um, the gift of prophecy is hearing God and speaking it into being. We've covered some awesome ground over the last few weeks. Who's appreciated the series? Um, Yeah, it's been terrific. And um, we've covered some great ground. We've hopefully inspired all of you. Uh, We've set a good framework, I believe, for the gift of prophecy to grow mature and strong amongst us. And so today, I'm not going to speak specifically about the gift, but I want to speak into our hearts. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 45, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And the gift of prophecy is an awesome gift, But God calls it to flow out of how well our hearts are doing. So the question, brothers and sisters, family, the question is, how are your hearts? How is your heart today? Before God. And I'm pumped. Because whatever you've come in here with, I believe, if you want, you're going to go out of here different today. Because I'm going to speak for a little bit, but it's nice and early because all the guitar strings are broken. And then we are going to minister and press into God. 
And if you would like, God is going to crash into your heart this morning and change us. Out of the overflow of our hearts, the mouth speaks. And our hearts, in many ways, on a, on a very rational level, have a right to be pretty... Boris, you know, oh, another month of this thing. You know, will we ever get some clear water and start to sort of wave goodbye to COVID? You know, I mean, who knows? Um, the 4th of July, we were planning a big, you know, outdoor thing, slay the fatted calf, you know, let's celebrate, let's sing, you know, and all of those things, and yet, bang, like another sucker punch. We're sort of on the canvas again, staggering to our feet. Um, you know, some of us here are just seeing family for the very first time in ages and ages. You know, in this weird phase, our lives have been very narrowed and uh, shrunk from what they used to be. Now, some of that's good. Maybe we were too busy before and we had too much going on. But, you know, in terms of our capacity to see the kingdom of heaven and how vast and wide and transformative it is, you know, just it's so easy with what we've lived through for our vision to be narrowed, isn't it? How is your heart today? Because out of the overflow of it, the mouth speaks. And I've been thinking about this very interesting linguistic thing that reveals this principle. Who here is tired? Yeah. Tired people tire people don't they <laughs> you know you know when someone's tired they come around and you say no, yes, 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 yes. like the whole atmosphere just um, dogged people dog people <laughs> so there's a good thing about being organized when you follow things up but um, has anyone just been hassled by someone who's anally retentive you know, they just dog you. But, um, we, we used to have a guy in the church who um, moved to America a couple of years ago because his business was moving out there. And he saw me on Sunday, and I, I was just getting to know him, and I really liked him. And he said, let's meet up for a beer. So I, I thought, yeah, that sounds really good. So he says, I'll get my PA to contact you and set it up. I thought, okay, you know, nice for you. <laughs> have a minion to, you know, organize it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I get an email from this lovely person. I can't remember what her name was, but let's call her Miranda. Um, oh, hey, James, Miranda here. Um, just wanted to book you in for drinks. Um, how is this date? So I emailed back. Um, I'm so sorry. You know, that date's uh, a bit too close for my diary. Uh, can we look at some alternative options? Five seconds later, an email back landed with me. No worries, James. No problem at all. Um, here are some other options. You know, I'm like, okay, I can't work out those either. So looked at my diary, spent, you know, sort of 10 minutes working stuff through. And so I can't do that, but I can do this. Five seconds later, the email comes back to me. I'm so sorry, Dan can't do this. That's, that's his name. Um, Dan can't do this, but he could do these dates. How do these work for you? I'm like, by this time, I've lost my slot to do my diary. So I just went away and um, forgot about it for a couple of days. Came back a couple of days later, there's like three emails from Miranda waiting for me. <laughs> hey, James, just circling back, you know, just like this sort of annoying phrase. <laughs> just, just circling back on this, you know, whatever. 
So I sent her a quick holder email, thought I'd just try and back her off a little bit. Um, thank you, it's been a busy couple of days. I'll get to my diary, maybe in a day or two. Just, I've got your email, I'll get back to you as soon as. Five seconds later, no worries, James. Anything I can help with, let me know. Here are some other options, right, all this. So then now I'm starting to get like, this is doing my head in. You know, she is like dogging my life. So, so now I thought I'd, I'd send a curveball. Um, hey, Miranda, uh, I've decided to emigrate to Australia. I'm so sorry I won't be replying to this um, email address any longer. Please tell Dan to text me and, um, and I'll, uh, I'll do whatever. Anyway, five seconds later, he texts me. And he's like, hey, James, this is Miranda on Dan's phone. Just wanted to check in and all of this. And then, like, so, like, at this point, I'm going back. So I phoned him, and I was like, dude, call off the dogs of war. I cannot cope with this Miranda. What is it? And I finally realized it's an electronic PA. It's an electronic PA. So whatever he's done, he set this thing up to dog my life and to come after me. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, dogged people... Dog people, don't they? Let's try some other things. Disappointed people. Disappoint people. You ever notice that? Someone who's ah, carrying stuff. Can't help but just spray it out of who they are. This is the truth now. Wounded people, what do they do? They wound people. How are our hearts? How are our hearts? Because today, wherever you are, God is going to meet with your heart and prepare you and propel you into what's coming next. Peter, in his letter to the churches, is writing to Christians who are suffering hardcore trials. We're talking about the type of things they were enduring were being arrested, being flogged and stoned, having their possessions confiscated. And Peter's writing to them and he reminds them of a truth which is ours, which is that there is always, always, whatever the circumstance, the possibility for a pulsating, throbbing, resurrecting hope to be our reality. Peter says in chapter 1 of his letter, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's followed Jesus and he's come to realize he is the Son of God. He's the Son of our Heavenly Father who Jesus came to reveal. Blessed be to him the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, what's mercy? Mercy is not receiving what we ought to receive. By his great mercy, the mercy he's lavished on all of us who've come to acknowledge Jesus as Lord. You know, I was lost without Jesus and he found me. And the Psalms put it like this, he pulled my life out of a miry pit and set me on solid ground. You know, and even today when I get too carried away with 
how educated and skillful I am. All the things that I do where Jesus Christ is not at the center just do not come to any long-lasting eternal good in the kingdom. By his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He's done something substantial, transformative, and eternal. He has given past tense, or past tense in your dialect, past tense. He has given, he has done this new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. What was the resurrection of Jesus Christ? A man who was God, was crucified, was killed. We know he really died. There are enough people there who saw it and documented it. He was put in a tomb and his body rotted for three days. And then on the third day, the stone rolled away. Jesus Christ was no longer in the tomb and he rose again, never to die again. He spent about another 50 days on the earth with his disciples before he ascended into heaven and sat down at the right hand of his father who sent him on this mission into the world and had received him home and he sat down symbolizing his royal authority, sitting down because all the work has been finished and accomplished. He sat down and from that place intercedes for the church and anybody who would be incorporated into his body in Christ, who would by faith say, I believe in him and what he's done, and he would intercede from us until he returns again. That's the resurrection from the dead. And because of that, when he rose and launched eternal life, that means all of us here, yay, guitar strings, that means all of us here who have chosen to put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, something past tense has happened to us, which is that we have been born again. And you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven unless you've been born again. So if you are here and you do not know if you've been born again, or you're watching online you don't know that, I've got to say, uncomfortable as it is, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven when this life ends unless you have been born again by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. However good you are and noble you are, it will not happen unless you've been born again. But when you simply throw your life on Jesus and on his mercy and give your life to him, what happens to you is it's like you're you're fired out of the the new womb into a whole new reality. You're born again, and you, inside you, receive a born-again spirit that will never, ever die. And when we leave this life, what happens to us is we leave behind our bodies with their sort of 90, 100-year lifespan in them. But one day when Jesus returns, we'll receive an incorruptible body. That's what 1 Corinthians 15 says. A body that will never fade or wear out. A body like Jesus's, which when he rose from the dead, caused him to even move through material things, pass through walls, appear in other places. Not as a ghost, but as a bodily resurrected man. And that 
is what is happening to you and I. And because of that, however rubbish your life is, or my life is, whatever storm may rage, whatever wind may blow, whatever circumstances may persuade us that this is not happening, this is not this, this is not that, we have a living hope based in Jesus Christ and living eternally, never to have an end to it. A living hope, which means that we can be chained up like Paul was in prison 2,000 years ago. And we will spend that time worshipping. Which means that you can knock me down and we will rise up with hope that God's kingdom will expand and grow despite what is going on around us. Does this make sense to you? Yeah. Praise God. Proverbs 13 verse 12 says something maybe familiar to us. Hope Deferred makes the heart sick. But that truth only has power when our hope is based on something temporal, earthly, and not of Jesus Christ and his beautiful kingdom. Some stuff may not work out for us, but our hope is anchored in the man Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who was born, who died for us, who was resurrected, who ascended on high, and one day will return to put all things right once and for all. That's where our hope is anchored. And Proverbs 13, 12 goes on to say, but a desire fulfilled becomes like a tree of life. A tree of life. Now, how I've lived my life is by not focusing on the things that I'm disappointed in, but focusing on the things that are real and true. So I know I get sick in the heart when I focus on, focus on that. And then I become a disappointed person. Who does what? Disappoints people. Not what their expectations. You just bring, you carry out of the abundance of the heart. Comes the overflow of the mouth. You might start excited, but gradually the weight of gravity pulls you. And this world is dealing with too much for Christians to be breathing out anything which is not of the kingdom. That's not to condemn us, but it's just to say we cannot afford to have crud, silage, torpor, tar in the bottom of our hearts. The question is, how is your heart? Because if there is any area of our lives not living in a throbbing, pulsating, living hope, then we're just carrying crud with us all the way. I don't know if that is reflected in the Greek and Hebrew, but but it's true. A living hope into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Everything that Jesus was given by the Father, he has shared with us as our great high priest, as our brother, as the one who saved us and brought us into that. We've become, according to Romans chapter 8, verse 17, co-heirs with Christ. Which means that the inheritance that Jesus received from the Father, which ultimately, again in 1 Corinthians 15, we read is, all the kingdoms are going to be given to him, have been given to him. And one day he's going to present them back to the Father. But that inheritance of all the kingdoms of the world, everything that is in the kingdom of heaven, that is our inheritance. And it's being kept for us, the fullness of it. 
but we're tasting of it in part now. Verse 5, who are being protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation yet to be revealed in the last time. Did you know that we are being protected? Not a once-off protection, but we are being protected through faith. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we see. Mm, Please help us, Lord. I hope that you help us. I hope that you protect us. You are being protected by the intercession of Jesus Christ at the right hand of the Father. And though a few things, a couple of sideswipes might hit us, we're like Rocky staggering up with a knockout punch. We cannot lose this thing. We cannot lose this thing. That we're being protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time when all things are liberated, when evil is cast away once and for all, and everything is made new when Jesus Christ returns in glory. In this you rejoice, even if now for a little while you've had to suffer various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, being more precious than gold, though perishable, is tested by fire. Go down the blacksmiths, throw our faith into the fire, into the, the crucible of heat, into the fiery furnace, and that's what in some ways, we've been living through, maybe not on the scale of these legends that we read about, but we've been thrown into isolation and distance and all of those things. We've lost what used to be so that the dross can be burnt away and the genuineness of your faith and my faith might be revealed, fiery, golden, gleaming hot, ready to be useful in the post-COVID world that it may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. That it may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. I've got to say, I gave both barrels to a couple of youngsters this morning because they were sat down during the prayer meeting and sat down during worship. And I gave them both barrels afterwards because I said, if the King of Kings and Lord of Lords was stood in front of you, would you be sat there? Well, don't you dare sit (laughs) scrolling on your phone in the presence of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now, forgive me for being too full on, but we're not messing around here, folks. Because one day he's going to return, and there's no way I am doom-scrolling Facebook. But he's going to find me, and he's going to find you in praise and glory and honor of the King who's done so much for us. Although you have not seen him, you love him. Do you love him? Yeah. Who's seen Jesus Christ in the flesh? Yeah. Do you love him? Come on. You're, you are amazing. Incredible. It's such a joy to serve with you that we would believe and be more blessed even than Thomas who had to put his hand in Jesus' side and touch his scars just to verify it. That you would love him even because of that. And even though you do not see him now, You believe in him. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? And you rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. And God is going to just give you a a return of the joy of your salvation this morning. That's what we're going to pray in a minute. Like these Christians, can you imagine what it was like for them? Being arrested, possessions confiscated, 
You know, children seconded, taken away from them. You know, stoned and flogged. And yet they were filled with indescribable and glorious joy as they were receiving the salvation of their souls, the outcome of their faith. So how are your hearts? Who here has been healed by Jesus Christ? Well, healed people, what do they do? Healed people, heal people. When God does something which has a beginning and an end as an event in us, it doesn't just stay like that. It, it carries with it eternal, continuous, ongoing life. So when God heals you, you become someone who heals others out of what you've received. Do you remember Acts chapter 3 where the beggar asked Peter for some money? And um, uh, Peter says, silver or gold have I none, but what I do have I give to you. So when God touches our lives as an event, when we, when we have been born, we're born into a living hope that never ends. When we are healed as an event, it propels us to be on the mission of Jesus and to become someone who heals people. Um, who's been saved? Saved people? Saved people, let's have some fun with this. Who's rooted in God? Rooted people in a crazy, uncertain, we don't believe in truth anymore, no objective reality, blah. Rooted people, what do they do? They root people. They've got a different narrative that frees the world. Um, who here has known God as father before? What do fathered people do? They father others. They show love. They show an example in their lives. They give out of what they've received. Silver and gold have I none, but what I do have I give to you. Who's been purified? Cleansed by Jesus. You know, mucky lives before, now clean. Purified people, what do they do? Purify people. They draw near to unlovely people, unclean people, and they bring a different atmosphere and environment, and they purify everything. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> Yeah, come on. <laughs> Who here has been emboldened? Yeah, come on. Emboldened people, what do they do? Embolden others. Yeah. Who here has been delivered? What do delivered people do? They don't just remember that event a few years ago where something left me and now I'm different. What do they do? What, do they, what I do have, I give to you. Guys, we are getting ready to be useful to the world. And to be useful to the world means that we are throbbing with a resurrected living hope that is transformative, that is going to make a difference, that is powerful when we gather as the corporate church. And even away from the temple is even more powerful, Ezekiel 47, as we live this out and release the kingdom in people's lives. Who's been filled with hope before? Hope-filled people, what do they do? Hope-filled people. 
Come on. Who's been awed by the Lord before? Awed people. What do they do? Awe people. Fill the blanks in, whatever it is. What are you hungry for, church? What are you looking for? Who's united with others here? United people, what do they do? They unite people around Jesus. They form deep community and love. Come on, guys. This is it. So, so my question is, how are your hearts? What, what event do you want to happen in the next 10, 15, 20 minutes while we're in God's presence that propels an eternal life-giving release through your life to the world around you? Revived people, what do they do? Revived people. <laughs> Joy-filled people, what do they do? Joy-filled people. <laughs> Loved people, what do they do? We can't give out of what we haven't received. But when we receive, what do we freely do? Give. Loved people, love people. You know, have you ever tried loving people when you don't know the love of God yourself? You always get to burnout because God wants you to find his love so that you can love from a well that never runs dry. <laughs> it's so obvious, isn't it? <laughs> love people, love people. Glory-filled people, what do they do? Glory-filled people, overshadowed people with the presence, what do they do? They carry around an umbrella <laughs> that causes a shadow of his presence to fall wherever they go. So my question is, people, what do you need God to do in the next 20 minutes? Because he's going to wreck your hearts if you're open to it. Are you ready? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I just, sorry. Sorry, it's just time now to get off the canvas and start moving forward with the knockout punches. We've got, I don't know, two or three months, who knows what variant's going to come upon these shores. But you and I are called to make a difference in this world. So get off the canvas, stand to your feet, because God is going to meet with you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> What do you want to do now? <laughs> we can get the, the guys up. We plug in guitars. <laughs> Check they work. It's going to be a bit joy, Bob. You know, I've been uh, trying to release hope on you. What if everything that we had tasted in our lives with God, what if everything we had known as a church over the last, however long you've been in this community, we were talking this morning about how 21 years ago there were a handful of people in this church and how God has resurrected us since that day. We've tasted and seen some of the beauty and glory of the Lord you know, the, the marriages that have been put back together, the lives that have been set free, those who come to know Jesus, the joy that we've tasted, the freedom that we've come into, the healing, the deliverance that he's wrought in our midst, the, the sense of the Father's love that he's placed within us. What if all of that was the tiniest fraction compared to all God was going to do next? 
So if, you, if your heart is sick, then I'm just going to speak to it now and just say, come alive again. Come alive again in the name of Jesus. Let's just begin to rub our tummies as a prophetic act. <laughs> you might be a sad person naturally. I'm not talking about being fake, but I just want to say in the name of Jesus, let joy mark your children. Let the joy of our salvation become a reality. The kingdom of God is righteousness, right living, it is peace and it is joy in the Holy Spirit. So sad faces, we just wave goodbye to you now. Disappointment, so long, old friend. <laughs> you weren't very kind. <laughs> and just in the name of Jesus, rub your tummy and give your best a belly laugh. Are you ready? One, two, three. We're all just going to laugh before the Lord at his greatness, at his love, at, at his hope rising amongst us, at his joy at his freedom, at his never-ending salvation that is eternal and will never fade, never be defiled, never be spoiled, can never be taken away from us. <laughs> he has given us new birth into a living hope, into the resurrection of Jesus Christ who rose from the grave, who will never die again, and neither will you and neither will I. <laughs> So you ready? Let's give ourselves a belly laugh in the name of Jesus. One, two, three. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. More. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord Jesus. We laugh at disappointment and sorrow and all of the things that are left undone. And we say, thank you for freedom in you. Thank you for joy in you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your deliverance in our lives. Thank you for your healing. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your hope. Thank you for resurrection from the dead, which we're tasting now. And one day will be ours in full. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. while they're discussing next songs. If you're just struggling to connect with this and there's just something holding you back, I just want you to take this moment just to say, just to say sorry, to just ask for forgiveness where you've not made the choice to live for Jesus in whatever way. We all do it. We all get lost in our own lives and our own woe. But just take this moment today to say sorry, to forgive yourself and receive his forgiveness and say today this is a new day with you. He always gives us another chance because he most cares about relationship with us. He wants intimacy with us. He wants our hearts. So take this moment and just say I'm sorry and he promises to give you a new heart. He promises 
promises to give you new spirits. That's what he has declared over you, and that's what he gives you this day. So receive it right now with open arms as we go into worship, and um, we'll come back.